Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our top five favorite players of all time. Now, we have to clarify something before we get into it. This is not the greatest players of all time. This is not the greatest five players of all time. These are our favorite top five players of all time. So we're going to start with number five. And Jalen, who is in your top five? So I would say that number five, I'm not really starting like crazy hot or anything, but like Derrick Rose, dude. I mean, Chicago Bulls fan. I'd have to cheat code a little bit in terms of like favorite players to watch. Uh, growing up, I used to try to pertain like the moves that he was doing I could do when we were in gym class. Some people used to actually like joke and say that I was doing Derrick Rose moves. I actually put a guy on Vine one time doing something that Derrick Rose did in the game against the 76ers once. And um, it didn't like go viral or anything, obviously, but like literally like Vined him, which is crazy to even think about. I feel like, I mean, obviously he's still currently in the league and, you know, doing his thing with Detroit right now. And I feel like he's had a rough stint the last couple of years being on Cleveland, Detroit, the Timberwolves, just kind of all over the place since leaving Chicago. But those first couple of years, man, I mean, we've had a conversation in the past about like, who could you name as like the guy for Chicago after Jordan retired, like officially for the second time? You could not pick one out, like, at all. I mean, there wasn't anybody that I felt like you could legit lean on and say, like, yeah, that's going to be the difference maker. And then Derrick Rose popped up. And I'm like, dude, changing the game, probably the shiftiest, if not the next shiftiest guard next to guys like, what, Russell Westbrook and, like, John Wall, probably at that time in terms of, like, speed, um, being able to, like, finish at the rim, like, real aggressive at his size and things like that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, he was the type of dude that when you come to my team and you're automatically, like, a spark plug, I got to respect that. So, um, yeah, it would have to be that. Who would be your fifth player in your top five? So I was debating whether or not I wanted to have an honorable mention, but then I decided that I have two guys as number five. So my first selection for number five was Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki was a revolutionary player. He really just paved the way for guys like Chris Porzingis to thrive in the league. Um, he's a big guy who can not only play down low, but can also shoot and stretch the floor. I would say he's one of the best, if not the best, international player of all time. And I think one of the best things that gets forgotten about him is that he was loyal to Dallas for his entire career. He never left the city to go win championships in other places. And my other selection for number five was Dwayne Wade, one of the greatest players on the Miami Heat. I think his ability to be a playmaker was one of his strongest attributes. Even at a young age, when he had Shaquille O'Neal on his team for a couple of years, he was able to really be a leader. And if you look at him now, he's played with guys like LeBron James and Chris Bosh, Shaquille O'Neal, Antoine Walker, Alonzo Mourning. Jason Williams, I mean, he's played with a lot of guys who have helped him mature over his career 
because they're all veterans who have been in the league for a long time and know what it takes to win. And now we look at him, he's a three-time champion. Most importantly, he practically taught LeBron how to win a championship. If it wasn't for the, the maturity and experience I had around him, I mean, and basically the wisdom that he gave to LeBron, I think we really wouldn't be talking about him as one of the greatest players in the game. No, definitely. I think the, the thing with Dwayne Wade, too, is like the same thing I feel like kind of happened to Kyrie in terms of like his championship, his championship year with LeBron in terms of um, being Golden State, the big shot and things like that. I feel like even when people look back at that year where he won it, I feel like even LeBron did this where, I mean, I think he was on his show and he said like after he won a championship for Cleveland, like he felt like, oh, yeah, I'm the GOAT. First of all, I, I mean, this is a separate discussion for a different day, but like, I don't feel like you can self-proclaim yourself as, uh, you can self-proclaim as the GOAT. I feel like that's something that is given to you by your peers, not something that you get to stamp yourself with. But also, that entire thing could have went up in small had Kyrie not hit that shot. So the idea of saying that you are the person who gets to stamp yourself as the GOAT for a shot you didn't hit, yeah, you had a great series, but that whole thing could have went up in smoke had Kyrie not gotten his uh, gotten his shot off the way he did. And basically where I'm trying to segue that to is like Dwayne Wade, I feel like did not get the kind of dap that he deserves throughout that entire stretch. Yeah, he was the second guy rather than, you know, he could have been Chris Bosh in this mix and been the third guy in the in the mix and totally just doesn't get the kind of love that he deserves for the types of things that he did and the sacrifices he made for the team to be well. But Dwayne Wade, injury history and all, he had some breakout games during some of them series, especially those first two years where it was like, you know, the Flash can put on a show at any moment and you just you just waiting for it, really. So, I mean, I mean, obviously Dwayne Wade had a great career prior to LeBron. There was a little bit of a decline afterwards, but obviously he was already dealing with injuries by that point. And he, of course, you know, he was one of the prime contributors to that Miami Heat, you know, can't really call it a dynasty, I guess, but 2K experiment, I guess, in terms of like the four year stint they had. So, yeah, no, definitely solid. And I think Derrick Rose is a solid one, too, for number five. And we've we've talked about how good, how great Derrick Rose has been, how he's uplifted the city of Chicago. Definitely a great choice for number five. Who's number four? Okay, so this one's going to be a little weird. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, just just hear me out, dude. My next guy for number four is going to be Bob McAdoo. So primarily known for either playing for the Buffalo Braves or, you know, being a part of the squad with um, the Lakers. Personally, this is like one – this is, this is one of those things where I feel like basketball historians understand – where the game has come from and how it's gotten to where it is now. And Bob McAdoo is one of the first guys that really helped embrace the stretch four, stretch five position. I mean, there's other guys like Jack Sigma, obviously, Dirk, who's been around for a long time. There's probably a handful of other guys that I'm not even like paying respect right now. And I'm sure they'll pop in my head later on. But this is one of those guys that, I mean, it's not even just that, like, the dude put up numbers. Like, I had to look into this. Like, dude averaged 22 and 9, and there was a year, or actually a couple of years, where he went from being, like, MVP, top player in the league category, you know, one of the biggest threats 
scoring wise at the big man position to being like relegated to or delegated to a, a bench role for the Lakers. And he took it. Not only did he take it, but then he also thrived in it. Like, I think that's one of those things on this podcast. We have this, this thing of trying to pay respect to those that are underrated or those that maybe don't get the type of shine that they, you know, probably deserve. We did that with the WNBA topic. We had an underrated players topic beforehand. We've had a lot of topics focused on, you know, throwback teams that didn't get the shine because they didn't come out with the championship. Bob McAdoo is one of those guys that I feel like gets lost in the fray, not only because like he's a significantly older player in terms of like this league, but also I feel like it's the fact that, you know, like I said before, as a historian of the game, like he's one of the beginning stretch forwards. We just see the flashy Jokic kind of Joel Embiid, uh, Carl Anthony Towns type players in terms of the stretch four and stretch five now. And those are the guys that were like, yeah, they they epitomized the position. Like, no, this dude right here, he not only started it or helped start it, but he also showed a professionalism level that showed, yes, I might be this caliber player, but he also knows when to take a step back and take a seat, uh, take a back seat when it came to something like winning a championship. And like, I just, I, I gotta gotta put some respect on his name for that. That's almost like tag a real basketball fan if you don't know who Bob McAdoo is. <laughs> Yo, big facts, Bro, though. Big honestly, facts. honestly, yeah, I, that's actually a really solid choice because he made he paved the way for a lot of guys today to do what they really can do. And Bob McAdoo, I almost, I almost forgot about Bob McAdoo. I mean, he was really like a revolutionary player of his own, cool which kind of, which kind of brings me to my number four pick, who's also a big man, Shaquille O'Neal. Excellent. Um, I think Shaquille O'Neal may be one of the best centers of the 2000s, maybe one of the best players, I guess, post 2000 I would think I mean I think that what he's been able to do for the Lakers now especially is just help them win and I think he's a generational big man maybe the most dominant player of all time bullying defenders along the way I mean most notably Chris Dudley on the on the uh, Knicks he was just towering over the competition and when he joined Kobe Bryant it just became unfair for the rest of the league at the time he led a Lakers dynasty into 2000, starting with maybe his best career season in 2000, where he became the MVP. And then eventually he went on to win three championships with the Lakers and then one with the Heat, three finals MVPs with the Lakers. Basically made being a center look easy. You mentioned Bob McAdoo, though. You talk about two players in like two different eras. I think both of those guys make impacts in their eras. And I think they paved the way. Like, like I said, I think they paved the way for guys in the future. And then Shaquille O'Neal really just kind of helped the big man just really thrive down low and just bully defenders. And that was, that was definitely something that was a great part about his game. And, I mean, can't sleep on his production either. I mean, he was named an NBA top 50 player while, you know, still in the league. Like – most of the guys that were part of that ceremony were guys who had already retired or at least was on the back half of their career, primarily people who were already not in the league. And he had gotten that 50 slot. And, you know, it's crazy to think, like, the dude was just easily one of the most dominant 
players in the league, let alone the most dominant center in the league. And, um, I mean, it can't be slept on personality on and off the court. Obviously, it's something that draws people to him. And, um, you know, it's just crazy. And I, I'm kind of I'm glad to a certain extent that that's the route you went because it coincides with who my next guy is. Because, personally, I feel like Penny Hardaway, man. I'm, I, 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 we've had this conversation in the past podcast before. But um, this dude was a beast. And I, ju- I genuinely believe that if Shaq did not leave the Magic around that 2000 season, I genuinely feel like one or two more seasons of that combination could have potentially led the Magic to a championship. I think it's definitely a tough ask. There was a lot of people in that organization and things like that that were concerned that potentially they might have capped out. Things kind of didn't really get any better in terms of their production after making it to that, you know, that that battle they had with the Bulls, the the second go around where they got slacked. That was almost kind of their their uh, come to Jesus moment where it was like, wait, are we really built for this? And it kind of ended up being a scary slap in the face. But um, I mean, this is a guy who we've said it before in terms of like what ifs. If dude didn't have the type of injury history he had, I mean, he played for the Knicks. He played for the Heat. These are teams that, like, up until, you know, guys like Dwayne Wade or, as I've said, I think I've said this off the camera, but, like, name an above-the-rim style player that's played for the Knicks ever. Like, what, maybe Bernard King was the last time that I can remember in terms of, in terms of somebody that was, like, an above-the-rim guard that was, like, an athletic finisher, this, that, and the third, like, Nah, but unfortunately, Penny Hardaway wasn't that guy by that point. I genuinely feel like a healthy Penny Hardaway could have been the biggest problem ever. I mean, any point guard at 6'9 is going to be kind of terrifying. I mean, Ben Simmons, for example, now um, Lonzo Ball isn't 6'9, but he's still a tall guard for his position um, that has the kind of vision he has. Um, I felt like Penny Hardaway was one of those guards kind of similar to your earlier guy Dwayne Wade who was a guard who played a lot out of the post which I feel like does not get a lot of love now but really should be abused because of the fact that like you know we're in a league now where like everybody plays matador defense so you know if you back them down long enough they might just run away and leave you alone so you can get the lay so I mean it's one of those things where like as a big guard with vision and the ability to finish at the rim he took advantage of every gift and talent that he had. And I just feel like he's one of the he's, – he's a walking what-if story. We have a couple of those in the NBA, obviously, and um, we've mentioned a few of them on past episodes. But, like, he's one of those guys that I feel like, of course, linked with somebody like Shaq, just gave them a little bit longer. I feel like Shaq would have also helped with his injury history in terms of his career. I felt like Shaq would have taken a lot of the burden – off of his body like I've said I've said that before too and I feel like either way injury or not Penny Hardaway was just a bucket who did you have uh next up for I believe it's three I agree with your Penny Hardaway take I'm just I'm just kind of surprised that we didn't pick him for that what if series on uh, injuries but um I think I think we definitely have to do an episode on Penny Hardaway number three I think will be LeBron James so I have been okay. – I've had mixed reviews about LeBron James. I've made it well known that I have not been the biggest LeBron fan at times. 
but he's a guy that I respect because I think for somebody like LeBron James, who maybe is the second greatest high school player of all time to translate to the NBA or to come over to the NBA, what he's been able to do in the 17 years he's been in the league is almost phenomenal and unheard of. I mean, I can't really remember a guy who's done this sort of stuff in 17 straight years, especially going from like really bad Cavaliers teams to a super team in Miami where he was taught how to win, takes that talent back to Cleveland, and then goes to L.A. I mean, he's trying to figure out how to win at this point. And he's basically just trying to chase Jordan's legacy of winning six rings. I think that he can do it all on both sides on the floor. And I think in my opinion, it changed the direction of his legacy. Once he learned how to win a championship with the Miami heat, if he had stayed in Cleveland at that time, um, instead of going to Miami, I think that he may have not have, I think he may not have been able to like succeed in the ways that he did in Miami. I think honestly, the stuff that he does off the court with the I Promise School, that makes him even better, in my opinion. I'm kind of intrigued by the fact that that was the player that you picked. I mean, of course, I feel like everybody has like you know LeBron James somewhere in their top five in terms of players of all time. So I mean, whether or not they fall into your favorite players of all time is not the craziest thing. We did have a past episode where we had a primetime players ranking and you had very interesting takes on LeBron James. So I'm I'm kind of um, intrigued by the fact that that's where you lean. But at the, at the end of the day, I think, like you said, the key word is like respect. You know what I mean? Like um, student of the game, straight hooper, body like Karl Malone, but runs like a goddamn deer. Like it's crazy to think that like he has a kind of build that's so unique, but also has the kind of like basketball IQ to match and um that's like super interesting that it's even you know that we even have players like him well we don't (laughs) actually that's that's actually a better way to kind of look at it is we actually don't um there's always been guys that might have the six nine frame but might not have the crazy basketball iq or the athleticism that we've always had the crazy iq player like a jason kidd but was he built athletic and had the crazy bounce that LeBron James had no so you know his his combination of speed IQ physical you know makeup and things like that just makes him like a one-of-a-kind player and um you know where I stand in terms of the LeBron Jordan debate but that doesn't make it where I've taken away I'm going to take away anything that he's been able to do with his career so I mean either way I feel like that's pretty solid choice that I feel like most people have him somewhere in their top five. I personally don't, but like most people, I would say have him in their top five, at least favorite players of all time. If not, you know, best players to ever touch the basketball. That was like my second dilemma. Like who should I put at three? Cause I was going to decide between a lot of different guys. I mean, I think the main two for me was going to come down to was LeBron and Steph Curry. But I decided ultimately that, LeBron, what he's been able to do in the 17 years compared to what Steph had has done on the Warriors, I just think it kind of outweighs it just a little bit. For my number two, and I don't think this is going to be any surprise, if you, if you listen to the uh, Primetime Players episode, you kind of know where I'm going with this. Number two is Kevin Durant. 
Excellent. Um, I think we're in the same boat, my guy. Take it away. Take I will away. be honest with you. I have I have defended Kevin Durant time and time again. He is a Maryland guy, first of all, and most importantly. So we definitely have to show some respect to Kevin Durant. There's just so many aspects about Kevin Durant's game that are amazing. I think he's a basketball player that's capable of leading the league once LeBron is gone. Um, I think he's a guy who can score from practically everywhere on the floor, and his passing is overlooked as well. I mean, he's a strong defender, but he can also pick apart other defenses when he has the ball. And he is maybe, most importantly, the most unstoppable player in the league today. I mean, we talked about his killer mentality when he's on the floor and in the closing moments of a game. If he wanted any more like evidence, I mean, look at game three of the 2017 finals and look at game three of the 2018 finals. The same spot, he hit the same shot over the Cavaliers and sent them packing. I mean, again, I didn't like his move to, uh, to Golden State, but I think he made it look a little better than when LeBron went to uh, Miami. So I will leave it at that. No, man. And I mean, this is the only time that we, I think, I believe that we'll be matching up in terms of this, uh, this top five favorite players list. But I mean, genuinely speaking, dude, he's a bucket. And I mean, first of all, if anybody who who has listened to this podcast consistently knows I'm all about the buckets. I was preaching it all DMV episode and, you know, I'm sticking to that in terms of my favorite players. I like to watch people get buckets, you know, and is it a sexy take to say Kevin Durant is one of my favorite players? No, it's the same thing as if somebody like how you just did beforehand said that LeBron James is one of your favorite players. Is that a sexy pick? Not necessarily, but you're going to respect who you respect. You're going to pay respect to those who hoop. And like both of those guys are hoopers. Now, in terms of Kevin Durant and his move and things like that, I agree with you 100%. I thought he broke the NBA so bad that I was like literally going to lose my internship that when I was writing about the NBA at the time, I literally thought that I was like, what are they going to ask me to do? Like what, what, what is it that I can possibly write about that anybody's going to care about when you have Kevin freaking Durant on your team. And I felt like it only got worse when DeMarcus Cousins had got signed to Golden State a year later. So, you know, in terms of breaking the NBA, Kevin Durant definitely can be uh, credited for having some stance in that um, at the time. But I'm also a a pseudo OKC fan, so I have to respect his time there. And like I said, bunk it, dude. Like, there's nothing really else you can say, to be honest. Yeah, I think our takes on Kevin Durant are pretty much well known. We both think that he's one of our favorite players to ever play the game. And I think what he does on the court just makes him just a scary player overall. The way his his basketball IQ is actually very strong and very underrated as well, what he's able to do on the court. I'm now really curious to see who your number one player is. All right, man. Like I said before, this list is relatively unique. So um, – the way that I try to pick, just, just as like a, an aside, the way I try to pick these players was guys that I enjoyed either watching um, live, if I was you know old enough to be able to see them, guys that I've potentially written articles about in the past, or you know that I've 
watched a lot of tape on to try to do player comparisons for, for like draft stuff. But this one guy right here, I'm not going to lie, has nothing to do with any of that. My favorite player of all time, dude, is Chauncey Billups. I, 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 that's, that's, that's my guy. We have a topic coming soon where his name will be coming up again. Personally, dude, Chauncey Billups, big shot Billups, man. Like, Mr. Big Shot, dude. Personally, to me, I was first introduced to Chauncey Billups not even through, like, watching him in the NBA. It was literally through 2K. In 2K11, I used to literally abuse one of the uh, – the I used to abuse the Nuggets team that had him as the lead guard for the squad with, like, J.R. Smith and stuff like that. And personally, I felt like I never missed. I probably did, but you couldn't have told me I did. Honestly, just looking back at it, you can't you couldn't tell me I did because I felt like everything I ever shot up went in. Then I started kind of learning about him, like from a more cerebral level. Um, his time with the Knicks, obviously, with Carmelo as well. Um, I learned about his career where he had a couple of different stints that people don't even like really remember when it comes to him. Like everybody remembers Detroit. Everybody might remember um his stint with the Nuggets, but like he was with the Timberwolves at one time. He was with the Celtics at one time. Like these are the parts of his career that don't get any type of dap because he really wasn't on the map at all. He is the definition of like a player that kind of had to like grind to get to a certain position. And the fact that he was also the leading guard on a team in the Detroit Pistons for 04, where, you know, that was a team that you think about even nowadays, if you're not a team with a, with a certified superstar, you are typically not penciled into the championship picture. And he was a leading contributor on a team that fits a mold different from any of that. Um, he is a part of a team that is stapled in history as being something separate from the norm for teams that win championships. And um, I, I got to respect it. Like I said before, you got to pay respect to those who do things great. And I mean, there's a lot of great players out there, but like, I feel like Chauncey Billups is just like super solid. Plus he had a lot of good stuff to say about the WNBA this past year. Um, with their collective bargain, bargaining agreement and stuff coming up. And I respect that because I feel like anybody who loves basketball enough to even dive into places like the WNBA and how we've talked about the TBT and things like that, I feel like that's a true student of the game. And, and I, how can I not like you? Quick story with Chauncey Billups. So I, had, I have NBA 2K11, and in my career mood, I got drafted to the Utah Jazz. My first game was against the Denver Nuggets. And ironically, it was Chauncey Billups who absolutely fried my 45 overall guy. <laughs> I was absolutely done for. He just he left me laying on the ground after an ankle breaker. But I did have 18 and five that game, so that was good. Excellent, but, excellent. So I can so I can somewhat play 2K. Um, <laughs> man, I was really expecting you to pick Michael Jordan because you're a Bulls fan. So I figured there was a chance that Jordan was probably going to be your best player. I was thinking maybe Derrick Rose, too. But I have to get this out of my way right now. And my number one player is Kobe Bryant. Mm, I think that he is by far, I think, the greatest player of all time. One of the greatest scorers of all time. One of the greatest shooters of all time. One of the greatest defenders of all time. Wait, Ryan. Wait, Ryan. Wait, Ryan. Greatest player of all time? Greatest player of all time. Oh, my goodness. Greatest of all time. 
We oh are. I, okay, I, Ryan, I, I may I hear have you. To, I hear you. I may have to spark the debate, but excellent. I love greatest it. greatest player of all time. I think okay. he is better than Jordan. I think, like I said, one of the greatest shooters of all time, one of the greatest scorers of all time, one of the greatest defenders of all time. Had a basketball IQ like no one else. I think he can make plays that you just can't see coming. Maybe one of the most unguardable players of all time, I think, outside of Kevin Durant. He is by far the greatest high school player to ever go straight to the NBA. <laughs> I think, you know, it's a it's a short distance, I feel like, between guys like him, guys like LeBron, Kevin Garnett, Jermaine O'Neal, J.R. Smith, guys who had great careers in the NBA and elevated once they went to the NBA. But I think from the moment Kobe stepped on the floor with the Los Angeles Lakers, you knew there was something special about him. He had an aura where it felt like you were watching greatness happen as it was happening. And I will just keep it real simple. He is probably the reason why I really focused on basketball. The 81-point game. I think that was that's something that I will never forget. Even though he's still putting money in Jalen Rose's pocket right now with the eighty-one, what was it? The 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 segment he has on yeah. ESPN, class of eighty-one. Yes, sir. But I mean, if you think about the legacy of Kobe Bryant, I mean the influence he had on his fans, on the city of Los Angeles, on the community, on practically the entire world considering that he was also a soccer fan he was traveling everywhere i mean he went went to italy for a stint too and trash talk people in different languages i thought that was just <laughs> that was amazing like he trash talked tony parker in french so it's just these aspects of his game were kind of the reasons why i fell in love with kobe bryant going into 2010. Also considering he had just come off an NBA championship, I think his fifth or his fourth or fifth that time. But uh, yeah, that's just, he's one of my favorite players of all time. And I can't hate on that. I literally, the minute you said it, it was hilarious. I looked up um, because I literally just bought like four motivational posters, like that basketball wise. And literally all four of them are him, which is like very interesting that that was your take because of the fact that he's influential in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of these motivational quotes up here have to do with perseverance and things like that. And um, I think what you said about him being one of the greatest, if not the greatest player to come out of high school has a lot to do with his ability to overcome and his ability to speak on overcoming because yeah, there's a lot of God given talent and hard work that goes into being able to go straight to the league um, out of high school. But there's a lot of things that comes with being a very young player like that, that most people under his circumstances, most people would probably fold or get ran out the league or get talked into a lot of stuff where post-career, they probably would not have a great life because, you know, they just end up making a lot of bad decisions as a young player having the euphoria of being in the league. And he wasn't any of those things. I think a great way to kind of end the segment out is probably posing the question to the audience of like, cause I, I feel like, I feel like you, you said it and now we got to lean into it. Is Kobe Bryant the greatest player of all time? If he's not, who is? 
leave it with the reviews after you drop five stars. For sure. All right, all right, all right. So you heard the question of the day from my guy Jalen. On the next episode, we're going to have a great one. Our top five jersey wish list.